Hello, welcome to another episode of the Photographers Keeping It Real podcast. If you're listening to this on release and uh, we're just before the beginning of December, so the results for the final round of 2023 will be out uh, within the next week. So good luck to everyone who entered and yeah, we'll be announcing our Photographer of the Year and Top 10 and all that stuff as well with it being the end of the year. Um, on today's episode, I welcome the wonderful Daniel Ackley. Fully booked for 2024, I jump straight in and speak to Daniel about his marketing leads, how he gets booked up, what things he focuses on, what he doesn't focus on. We talk a lot about pricing as well, the industry stigma around pricing and putting prices up and down and yeah, we have a bit of a discussion about that. We talk about Daniel's journey from bands through to music and then into weddings. We talk about making personal connections, communicating who you are as a photographer and the importance of that. Booking the perfect clients and couples. And we also delve into that a lot more in the members only section as well at the end. Uh, we talk about Dan's personal Facebook page and all the funny stuff he puts out on there. A little trigger warning. We do talk a bit about depression, antidepressants and stuff. Um, not a huge amount, but a, a little bit in, within the episodes. If that's a trigger for you, just um, just a warning that, that that does come up. We talk about funky shirts. If you've seen Dan at all, uh, any of his pictures recently, you'll probably seen him in a funky shirt at a wedding. So yeah, we talk about that as well. There's lots and lots of tips in here for bookings and for yeah marketing leads, being yourself, showing your personality, booking the right clients. For the members only section, so if you are a member of Photographers Keeping It Real, uh, remember you can keep listening and you'll hear your members only version. Um, you do need to use your link and subscribe via that link. And um, There is a blog post about how to do that. Um, but if you have any issues, please just get in touch. Um, but yeah, we talk uh, more in depth about marketing leads, attracting your ideal clients, referrals and the importance of that for Dan. Um, and setting expectations from the start and throughout to get the ideal clients and yeah and all feeds into those referrals so i really appreciate daniel's time on this and uh, yeah thank you all for listening so let's jump straight into the show photographers keeping it real Photographers keeping it real. This is our podcast. We've never done this before. We practice just a little bit. So we apologize if it's a bit shit I know so good. Oh yeah. Photographers keeping it real. Cool. So, hey, Danny, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for coming on, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'm quite excited about this and quite honoured. Yeah, well, no, no, not at all. Honour is all mine. So you did it. You hung up your fully booked for 2024 sign recently, I saw. <laughs> um, I know there was an, an asterisk of like, you know, the odd midweek or, you know, yeah. at peak, out of peak season type of stuff. But um, but I'm guessing, you know, if you put that out there, you're essentially kind of happy with where you're at for next year. Is that is that right? Yeah. When I put that post up, I I, I literally, um, I had two outstanding couples just to get back to me date wise, but I'd already decided if they didn't come back to me and book, I wasn't going to take any more. Um, unless I, like I said, it, I, there is an asterisk as in, like you said, out of season or something slightly different. That I really couldn't say no to, but both of them have confirmed and I've actually turned down quite a few since then and, and passed them on to friends. Cause I had a number in my mind I wanted to hit and I hit it and I ended up going a couple over actually. Um, and then I was like, well, that's it. I don't want to do any more than that. Um, and yeah, all good. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And like, 
a lot of people I've spoke to recently, myself included, are like slightly lower sort of from this point, this time last year for where we were this year and so on. So like, I know there's a lot of posts you're seeing, a lot of talk of people are a bit worried about next year or kind of, yeah. you know, not 100% sure yet that it's going to be, you know, be that good a year for them and so on. They're kind of panicking a bit. Obviously, you're doing well. Do you want to, uh, I don't know, I mean, is that, do you just find that's always the way for you? It's just been fine. Do you think, is it just look like what's going on? How are you doing so well? When everyone it's really else weird. Is, uh, I, I, I often think about this because it makes me feel incredibly self-conscious when I see people on groups that I'm in, like people that I look up to, peers of mine and all that, uh, who might be struggling for bookings. But I don't necessarily think there's always a particular reason for that. I've, I have to be honest and say I haven't struggled for bookings in the last five or six years. Um, I've had a number in my mind and I've hit it every year. Um, it's usually been around 40. I've decided next year I only want to do 35. I put my price up a little bit. And I've decided that in 2025, I'm only going to do 30. Um, I've got 10 bookings for 2025 already. And then I'm, um, so I put, I've already put my price up again recently for 2025. So yeah, I don't know why though. Um, I'll tell you what's interesting about next year for me though, is the, the booking dates that I've got. I've got vast swathes of summer completely to myself, which is unheard of. I never usually get that. But I think, the reason for that is looking at where I'm shooting next year is um, what you talked about there with 2024 and, and that sort of anxiety about the drop off in bookings. I've seen that reflected in some of the bigger venues in my area, which have never done deals. I've never seen some of the de venues do deals. They've been doing deals for 2024. And what's happened is, is people have booked them and then booked me um, and I've been booked out of date. So I've got, I've got a really busy March and April, a really busy October, but June and July um, and March, most of September, for example, I'm pretty much free. I've got a, maybe a handful of bookings, um, but I hit my numbers really early. I hit the numbers I wanted and I thought, well, I could take summer off, which never really happens. So I was quite happy about that. Um, but it means I am incredibly busy in sort of what I would say, what you might describe as the untraditional wedding season, which I don't think the traditional wedding season really exists anymore. Um, like it, not in the way that it was defined before. Um, maybe it was May through till September, but I, I think it's a lot more diverse and wider now. But yeah, that's, I thought that was interesting because that means to me, especially from talking to venues, is I know a lot of them are down on numbers. A lot of them are really down on numbers in my area uh, for 2024. So I don't think it's like paranoia. I think there is a, a bit of a drop off. There's probably multiple reasons for that. But yeah, I just think I'm very fortunate that um, for whatever reason, um, I've my bookings have stayed the same. Or, you know, I've been very fortunate in that sense. I've tried to th think about it, but I don't want to overthink it at the same time because maybe I'll start making some changes that undermine that <laughs> know, so. well yeah it doesn't matter if they're odd. they're booking and that's that and it doesn't really matter does it and um, to you i guess it's just interesting to uh yeah to me but um uh, pricing wise are you because you have your price on your website currently right is it, have you always had that have you trialed on and off are you yeah someone no, who i've thinks always about had it my yeah i've always had my prices on my website from when i began uh i don't know i don't know why that is i i know that there's uh, different reasons for having different pricing structures and you know the whole debate about whether you should have your pricing on your site or not i think from my point of view because um funny enough because what we were talking about before we started the um the podcast about the fact that i'm very disorganized and i i don't like um i don't like knowing where i like where, where i stand is really important to me so um it just helps me not worry about stuff i'm very i get a lot of anxiety about talking to people about pricing and stuff i just don't like it I think I just much prefer the idea that when someone's contacted me, they've already seen my pricing so that it, I don't have to have an awkward conversation with them. Um, that's my awkwardness, though. I've always been awkward about stuff. I, I hate talking about it. I just want to I just want to do photography. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true, isn't it? But photography is about 10% of what we actually do, isn't it? Actually taking photos. 
um the business side of things is something i've had to learn you know as i've gone along with this and i made a lot of mistakes but i've always had my pricing on my website and i feel like that is where i want to be with it yeah yeah i mean i'm exactly the same it's very similar like i'm not a big fan of like say talking about pricing like upselling things and all these kind of you know listen to obviously other podcasts and i watch some content and stuff and people who have like these great sales funnels and all this great business stuff and like you know it's probably much better in terms of like making money and be you know business wise it probably makes a lot of sense but yeah i kind of like the people who can just be like look here's my work here's my price it's up to you book or not whatever but like yeah i know where i'm at you know exactly how i feel yeah that's exactly how i feel and i think it helps me attract the right kind of couples too i I think they like the fact i'm transparent about it i i certainly feel better about the way i run my business by being transparent um and i don't necessarily think that people that don't have their pricing and not being transparent as such they've just got a different way of approaching it and that's absolutely fine but from my point of view this is my price this is what you're going to pay if you want to book me contact me let's have a conversation happy days you know yeah that's just the way i work yeah that's cool well i mean yeah like good stuff obviously all uh the yeah in terms of price wise so you like on your website you say you're like between what two two and a half grandish yeah so for for the last few years i've been 1950 i've gone up to 2250 um i'm going to be going up to 2500 in the next uh, couple of months um i feel that's where i sit um locally i've been told by many of my sort of local photographer friends that i should be charging more um I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm gonna be completely frank about it. Um, I've always struggled with the pricing thing. Um, it's it's uh, every price rise I've made has taken me months and months and months of mental conversations with myself of justifying it. It's um, you know, I've always said this. I'm a better photographer than I'm a business person, <laughs> and I'm only like a bang average photographer. I think so. You know, so so there you go. You know, that's that's what that's what how I feel about it. But I feel like um. I, I'm trying to get that, I guess like everybody, I'm trying to get the balance between earning what I think I'm worth, but also working with clients that I like. And if I'm being totally honest, I put working with clients I like above what I want to earn. So if that means I'm slightly less than maybe I should charge, then, you know, then someone else's opinion of what I should charge or, you know, I'm happy with that because actually if there's one thing I'm really confident about, far more confident about than being a good photographer or anything is that I actually attract the right kind of people. Um, and I've worked really hard at that. And I, and I think where my pricing is, I think with some of my couples, I'm probably their biggest single expense. A lot of my couples are people that are not having particularly expensive weddings, but they're great days. And I am a really big investment for them. And although it might not seem like a lot of money to photographers who are used to these kind of figures in my mind, it's still a massive commitment on their part. And I'm kind of conscious of that. So um, I'm always trying to get that balance right. Although that being said, I have come to the conclusion that um, I do need to charge a little bit more than I am at the moment. So, yeah. I suppose, like, you know, I don't want to go all political and cost of living and all that stuff and go into that massive. No, go for it, mate. I love a, bit, but, I love a political yeah, rant. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, you know, if you've been at the same price for the last few years now, then obviously, inevitably, you're basically earning less now, aren't you? Just by the fact of, like, yes. everything else. And, you know, everything's obviously gone up and stuff. So I guess it makes sense to at least, you know, even if it's just a few hundred quid, like by putting it up, it makes a big difference over the course of like 30, 40 weddings, doesn't it? So I guess, you know, it's, it's not ludicrous. I think going from like two to five grand can be, a, you know, it's very, can be very different, yeah. I guess. But that, you know, say, when you're talking about a few hundred quid, it's probably not, it's not too bad. No, but I know I, what you mean. Well, it's, it's, it's scary. And I, I know people say you shouldn't look at other people and you shouldn't take it off that and stuff. And like, it's very hard to compare, you know, your best of with their best of and things like that. But like, yeah, there's a lot of photographers I know who are charging, sim- like say, say t- two and a half grandish range, and that I would say they're better than me. Like I think that, like, and and again, it's very difficult. 
it's it's all perspective, isn't it? And what your clients see and blah blah yeah, blah. So massively. there's a lot of that. But yeah, I I just think I don't know if I'd be confident selling it higher than that sort of thing. Whereas I think at two grand, uh, so I'm exactly the same. I'm at one nine fifty now for like weddings within my local region then up to like two and a half with travel and stuff i'm going like down south or whatever um but yeah like i feel okay with that like that price i'm kind of like you know what? i i'm fairly confident i'm happy to stick with that i'm confident to sell myself at that price point and i think i give reasonable you know i'm, I'm there all day and blah 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 so so yeah i kind of feel comfortable I'd, i wouldn't want to be at a price point whether i could get it or not where i don't feel like confident in myself and like you say that might not be right and other photographers might be like no no you should definitely charge more or some might be like wow you're charging how much like you should probably charge less because you're a bit shit but <laughs> you know it's all like relative isn't it but i'm happy at that kind of price point and i'm booking at that price point so i'm kind of confident with that but yeah i guess if you're you know you're, you're getting fully booked fair, relatively early on you're doing really well with that there's probably i don't know there's probably scope to be charging more um and still get yeah I, I agree with you i i actually really agree with that i think um <clears throat> a couple of things actually really have opened my eyes in the last um few months specifically is that I've shot a few weddings recently where uh, previous couples have been at guests at the weddings and never to be pricings come up and stuff because I'd maybe charge that couple more than I charged them in a few years or whatever. But every single one of them were like, we'd have paid more to have you. You know, they don't really decide they wanted me. Um, so there's a couple of things in my mind is that um, it'd be lovely for me to sit here and think the reason I'm getting booked uh, and I'm so busy is because I'm so good. <laughs> and it's as simple as that. We know it's got nothing to do with that, really. It's, it's a marketing thing, isn't it? Um, it doesn't mean I'm not good at what I do, for example. Sure. I'm not trying to be, you know, that humble. <laughs> but mm -hmm, but yeah. obviously people like what I do. Um, but I also think one of the reasons maybe is because I mean, I'm undercharging a little bit in, in a certain respect. But I also think um, in some ways, yeah, for me, it's about that balance about getting the right clients. Um, I feel like getting upset about maybe earning £250 less than maybe I could charge is a bit of a first world problem that I'm not going <laughs> to get too upset about, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a job I love, um, that I'm really passionate about, and I love my couples. And, and you know, and, I'm, and I've got a very nice life, um, and I like my life, and I'm, and I'm happy to sustain it as it is. Um, you know, other people can have their opinions about pricing and stuff, and that's fine. Um, I'm not going to tell someone what I think they should charge. And I, you know, if they want to tell me, they can tell me that's fine. Um, but I, you know, um, I've come to the conclusion that, yeah, I do need to charge a bit more, but at the same time, I'm very happy where I'm at. Um, and I'm very proud of where my business is at the moment. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you should be, but yeah, I think that, yeah, that's great. And the, like I say the, the, the client thing's a massive thing, isn't it? Because everyone says it. it's like one of the biggest things it's like how do i get the right clients and like you know you see people complaining a lot it's like oh my clients are sending me this or they're doing this and i hate this and you're like okay so you're not you're obviously not working with the right clients and that <laughs> like i say it's just a job satisfaction isn't it? like going to work and if you're going to work with couples that you love week in week out and having a great day you know produce it's only going to help you produce work that you're happy with just inevitably right and then that again Obviously, everyone's different, right? You've got to feed your kids and pay your mortgage and stuff. But yeah, if you if you can make enough and work with the right clients, that's got to be almost the dream, really, hasn't it? That's kind of the. Well, it's know. funny actually because you've actually just hit on something I find important. And um, what's what is success? What is success to you? And uh, and I realized I realized just a couple of days ago that my business turned twelve years old. Um, I've done a few weddings before I set up Daniel Ackley Photography, but just for friends because I'm actually come from a music photography background. Mm -hmm. That was what I did before I did weddings. So I used to do uh, a lot of music photography for venues. I was an in-house photographer. I shot for some magazines like Kerrang! and then Metal Hammer and Rock Sound. And um, and I got a bit of a reputation locally for doing that. Inevitably, someone asked me to shoot a wedding. 
And I was like, no, I don't want to shoot a wedding. Why not? <laughs> I don't want to shoot a wedding. I've got no desire to be a wedding photographer. Um, but also, you know, in the last few, the last decade, maybe the last five years, especially, weddings have changed so much. Um, couples are not having the weddings that their parents did. Um, when I started in this industry, you know, even, even just 12 years ago, a lot of people were just having very traditional standard, like they're just having a wedding. A lot of the time you'd have a conversation with them. It's like, what are you doing on your day? What are you, what are you having? They're like, well, we're just having a wedding. Um, that isn't the case anymore. They've become a lot different beast, you know, and the photography's changed because of it. Um, and it's actually become a thing that I really love doing. And when I first started doing it, I, I use a lot of music analogies, but this is quite apt, I think. I, uh, I first started shooting weddings because I was asked to. I didn't put a lot of thought into it. And then I had to make a decision. Do I want to be someone who shoots weddings or do I want to be a wedding photographer? That's a completely different mindset. Um, and it's a bit like someone saying, do you want to be in my band? And it's like, well, I'm a guitarist, but I can play bass. So you be you play the bass. But do you want to be a bass player? Completely different thing, you know? <laughs> so, you know, if you commit to it, you've got to do it properly. And I decided 12 years ago, that's what I wanted to do, properly commit to it. So I registered Daniel Ackley Photography um and i went self-employed and i've been self-employed for 12 years um the first couple of years i took any booking that came my way i didn't really have a defined style i was just trying to make enough money to live and then over a period of time i kind of worked out what i did and didn't like um and also worked out what i was good and what i wasn't so good at um and i you know tried to work at the stuff that i wasn't good at to get better but what i really figured out was is that it was people my personal connection with my with the people was what was going to get me the business in the early days in fact i i think my personal connection with people got me business when I had no right to have it <laughs> when I first started. <laughs> um, but they liked me, you know? Um, and so I used that to my advantage and it helped me build a business to a point where, you know, thankfully the balance turned and I actually became, I say good at photography. I say that, you know, <laughs> but um, I got good enough to start charging proper money for it and doing it properly. And then I became what, a professional, if you like. Um, and that's where I'm at now. But success to me is enjoying what you do, earning enough to live on, and, you know, I think if you've got those two things, um, a lot of the rest of the stuff is just noise. It really is, you know. And, uh, you only have to go, in fact, there's a group that I'm on, you probably know it's got, um, I think it's U Facebook, UK Facebook wedding photographer or something. It's like a complete dumpster fire. Of, <laughs> yeah, it's of a massive, a massive group, isn't it? So there's like thousands yeah, of people in there. they're constantly oh. moaning about their awful clients. Like, And I'm on there all the time and I'm thinking, I'm so fortunate. I, I maybe get a problem client once every, I'm not even joking, once every three or four years. And when I say a problem, I mean, it won't even be a big thing. It'll be like, oh, did you get a picture of so-and-so? Something they haven't asked me for or something like that. And I'm like, oh, I haven't. And it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I feel bad about it. But I just don't get, I don't get issues with couples. My couples are, are lovely. And I think a lot of that comes down to, I'm quite open about what I am, what I do. They, I set my expectations so they know what they're going to get. Um, and I have a lot of fun with people on the day and they, and they connect with that. And I think that's how my business has been, been successful, bearing in mind that, you know, I, I reckon 90% of my bookings are referrals or recommendations uh, from previous couples or people I meet at weddings, you know, um, shooting their friends' weddings. So they like what I do and then they book me. So I think that's a success in a way. And I'm quite happy about that. So Yeah, well, yeah, 100%. What Are you working like quite locally a lot of the time then? Do you do a lot? Do you tra have to travel a lot for weddings or are they all fairly Yeah, local? I, a few years back, before COVID, I did quite a few abroad. So I did some in Europe and uh, I've been to France and Spain and uh, Luxembourg and um, Italy and stuff. And then after COVID, I kind of got, I did, I think like a lot of people, when you get to that certain stage, you've been doing it for a few years, you start chasing certain things. You think they're really important. You start seeing the destination weddings. You're like, oh, you put it on a pedestal and you think I need to go and do that. I did some and they were great. The one I did in France, in South France, one of the best weddings I've ever shot. It was really fun. But logistics around it were a bit of a nightmare. Um, and since that time as well, I got married myself. I like being at home a bit more. I don't like being away as, any more than I really need to be. Um, 
Um, and so I will do a handful of destination weddings, but I would say the vast majority of my weddings are within an hour and an hour and a half of where I live in Cambridge. So, um, and I, and I, again, I'm quite happy about that. I like the venues around here. It's a bit flat. I'll give you that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it can be a bit depressing when I put up a shot. It's just the fens and there's just nothing. And then I go on Instagram and someone's posted another picture from Big Sur. And I'm like, oh God, <laughs> what I yeah. do for some hills, you know, <laughs> but um other than that, no, I really like the venues and I like I like the people in this area as well. So yeah, it's good. That's good. Yeah. So what? So the ninety percent kind of I like, say referrals, are you, and that's I guess I like, say from past couples and I like, say people who were at weddings, things like that. And then do you get a lot from like being known as like the local music photographer from the past? Sense that's still like is that oh, still that a absolutely thing? Absolutely helped me in the beginning. That was massive. That was a really big thing when I went from music to uh, to weddings. Anyone that had seen my music work or followed local bands, I was in a local band myself that had a little bit of a following. So that definitely helped me establish my business. And um, that got me a lot of work in the early days. But then it gets to a certain point where that kind of thing opens the door. But if you want to keep it open, um, you need to start producing. Um, and, and luckily, because I, I cared about it enough and I started to take it seriously, I got good enough, I think, to justify it. Um, and then at that point, I started to develop my style of photography, if you like, um, in the sense that I realised that um, I think like a lot of people, I, I, I'm not going to say it's a mistake because that feels like it's a bit of an insult to people that start out because it isn't. But I did make that mistake of thinking I needed to do certain things with my photography when I started. Like I needed to do 100 pictures of a dress in a tree or I needed to put the, the shoes in a weird bowl to take all those kind of things you mm -hmm. do that you think you have to do. And I kind of realised over the years that I, you don't actually need to do any of those things. Um, what you'd actually need to do is communicate with your couples so they know what they're getting. And if they value those things and they want them, then make sure that they're going to get that. And if you're not going to provide that, be honest with them. So I've had, I've had quite, it doesn't happen so much now because I don't, I don't get what I call speculative inquiries anymore. Most of the people that inquire with me have followed me for quite a while or already know what I do. A, a few years back, I had made a decision that I needed to be more honest with people because I had a few couples where I struggled a bit on the wedding day because they expected me to do a lot more traditional than I actually do. And I ended up doing it for them because I knew it was important. Um, but I walked away from those days just not feeling like this is what I want to do anymore. So I kind of realised how important it was to actually attract the right couples, but also how important it was for me to tell them who I am as a photographer. Um, and I wasn't always as good at communicating about that as I am now because I didn't have the confidence back then to, to just be what I wanted to do, to be me. Um, and that that's not true anymore. So putting aside any, you know, debates we can have about how good you are at photography. Uh, one thing I would say is I think I'm very good at, at, at letting people know what I am and, and what I'm not. And I think because of that, it's one of the reasons I don't get issues with couples. They know what they're booking. Um, and also it's made me a much, much better photographer because I'm so much more confident in what I'm doing for them. They, you know, I know that what I give them is what they're going to want to see. And that's really, really important. And it's made me a much better photographer because I feel so much more relaxed when I'm shooting for them. I feel more creative. I feel like I can um, I can just go run with, go with the flow and do stuff. 95% of what I do is like like any modern photographer, I'm just doing candid, natural stuff, documentary bits and bobs. And then I, I do throw in that little bit of creative energy and I have a little bit of interaction with my couples or I have a bit of a game with them and play, you know, do fun stuff. That's what I like to do because that's my personality. Um and I, and I, I would, I, you know, four or five years ago, I just, I wouldn't have had the confidence in myself to actually embrace or do that properly. So it's been quite a journey, but the last few years have been amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, yeah, it's so important. And they, like you say that not, you know, getting to a wedding day and having to question like, oh yeah, they're going to want me to pose this or do they want me not to pose it? And like, it's a bit too late by then to kind of, yeah, to, to be worried about that. And then you'd like say, maybe not getting the best of either. Cause you kind of question it. So if you know, well, this is what I do this is what they want 
so I can just be me, then that, like you say, is only going to make it a lot easier on the day, which inevitably leads to a better gallery and makes you feel better about your work and rinse, repeat sort of thing, isn't it, really? Well, it's so easy. I think it's so easy. Um, you know, the world we live in, there's so much noise. Um, we're all active on social media, Instagram and stuff like that. It's so easy to get swayed by not just trends, but just other people's work you look up to. Like I went through a period of time when I followed loads of photographers looking for inspiration, but all I ended up doing was undermining my own my own confidence on my own work um and so i had to go back through and delete a load and which felt a bit personal and it's like it's not i don't i'm a photography fan as well as a photographer like you are yourself so i want to be inspired but sometimes you it depends on my mindset the day i do it uh if i'm in the not in the best frame of mind i'm looking at it i'm like i just feel like i'm looking at it, i'm like i'm i'm rubbish like i'm so pants compared to these people why do i even bother and then other days i'll see something and think that's really good but i've got i've got a way i could do that that's my own way of doing it and that would be brilliant for my couples so I'm always trying to find that balance. Uh, I, I actually, you know, I spend a lot less time on social media than I really should um, in respect to a marketing business point of view. But I'm trying to get that balance with my own mental health and not undermining my confidence in what my work. So um, if it's, I, I, need, I do need to get better at things like SEO and Instagram and TikTok and stuff. Like that. I'm really bad at that, if I'm being honest. But it's been a bit of a luxury for me because I get so much work from recommendations um, and couples who, or people that I meet at weddings who have interacted with me. I've never really needed to be as concerned about that as maybe other photographers need to be or or have decided to choose to be for their own marketing reasons um so i've tried to be more active on instagram this year but yeah that's something i'm not particularly good at but as far as getting the right kind of couples um and uh and feeling confident in my work because of that i that's the only that's one of the few things i'll actually say scott mate i'm really good at this i'm really good at getting the right kind of couples i'm very open about who i am i'm very honest about what i do and I, I remember something that someone said to me a few years back and I, I knew I was on the right course. It's a f- local photographer to me. I'm not going to tell you his name. Um, sure. He's a mate of mine, but I I put a picture up. It was kind of a risky picture in the sense that it was a, it was like a bride gurning eating the canopy, right? Um, I absolutely loved it, right? It was just a really funny moment. And he messaged me saying, you can't put that up. Like, that's horrendous. You know, it's really <laughs> unflattering. And he, and he said, but what he actually said was, he said 99% of people are going to see that and hate it. And I thought, well, that's fine because that 1%, that 1% is my client. <laughs> so I thought to myself, that's great. I'm gonna, I'm just going to trust my own instincts on this stuff. I'm going to post the stuff that I love and hopefully people will love it too and it will work in my favour. And that's exactly what's happened. So, yeah. Yeah, you can over, like say, complicate things or overthink it sometimes, can't you? It's kind of that balance. Yeah. And obviously, if, I guess if you're not getting bookings or things aren't going the way you want or, you, or you're booking the wrong clients, then yeah, you have to probably look at it and question it a bit and, and start changing things up and... But yeah, if you're hitting that point where you're going to weddings and the majority of them, you, know, you say you're loving and you feel like they're all kind of clients and you, you get the bookings that you want, then you know it's all good, isn't it? So that, that's the thing, just I suppose, depend on where people are with the business can depend on that. But, um, but yeah, I don't think you can go Absolutely, wrong with just being yeah. yourself. But I think that's so true. I think it's, if you want any longevity longevity in this industry as well, you, that's so important. Um, you know yourself, Scott, um, the mental toll, toll that this kind of job can take in you is so it's so hard um i know a lot of people aren't in the industry looking in probably don't see it um but i think anyone that does anything creative the pressure we put on ourselves to achieve um all all of the pressure that comes from the outside in on us um from everybody else achieving around us um the fact that you know we'll look at some photographer think well that's amazing how can how can i compete with that and then you don't need to you need to be the best photographer you can be it's not about putting one photographer on a pedestal saying i need to be as good as that photographer but people do it all the time and Mm. i think that's why people leave the industry sometimes you just have to kind of believe in yourself and i think the best way of doing that is to say am i getting the right clients 
and are they happy with what I'm doing? And if you can, if you can say yes to both those things, and you're you're winning, you really are. And you need to give yourself a pat on the back and say, actually, maybe I'm right. You know, getting better at photography or doing photography better is something that's always going to be something we're striving for. We never, we don't complete photography. Like you don't just <laughs> one day like I'm done, mate. I'm never getting any better. If you do, you'll probably lose your inspiration. You'd want to, but I'm always like, how can I do something I'm good at better? And 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 a lot of the time, I'll look back on the previous summer and say, I'm, I got better at this because I, I I knew that it was a weakness for me. And then maybe something else has slipped. So I'm like, I need to concentrate on that. But I can con- I can confidently say that every year I've looked back and thought, I'm better than I was last year. And I'm more confident than I was last year. I'm dealing with these situations that weddings throw up into my face in a better way. And and the end result of that is that I'm getting all the clients I want. And and that's I, I, really, I just look at it and I think that's why I, um, I should be really happy. Like... I can sit here and undermine my own confidence about my ability as a photographer, or I can say, well, you know, do I like what I'm doing for my couples and do they like what I'm doing for them? And am I hitting a number? All these things are true. So I must be doing something right. Um, and it was, it's important to listen to in my industry peers and because I want to get better and I'm happy to sit in front of somebody and then rip my work apart for me to get better. At the same time, you can't go too far down that route because you'll end up undermining every confidence you have in what you do already and what your clients expect of you and what you can produce. And I've been there. I've gone to a wedding where I've had this. And then I've gone there and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I've looked at my camera. I'm like, how do I use this thing? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm 10 years into my career and I'm asking, how do I how do I do this? And it's it's kind of crazy. That balance needs to be, you need to get that balance in check, you know. And if you can do that, I think you're always going to get better. And you, you can always, you know, you can always be sure that you're doing the right things. Um, if you get that right, then I think actually that's how you make a success of this. If you get, if that gets out of kilter, then that's when you start to have problems. So. Yeah. A really, really good advice. Let's talk about your personal Facebook for a minute. So what, um, <laughs> it's always like, I mean, every day is a good laugh on there. I don't, I don't know um, if it's public or you need to be friends with you or what, but obviously, um, yeah, if you can go and check out um, Danny's Facebook, but you're always posting like, <laughs> I don't know, is it memes? They still, is that what they're called still? Or I don't know, just funny like pictures or quotes or something. I don't know, whatever you'd call them, but do you, is it like, do you do it every single day? Yeah, I started doing it a while, but I have no idea how. It was maybe a couple of years ago. I, mm-hmm. I just decided that, um, Facebook was a really negative place, um, f- full of so much, um, you know, anxiety and people kind of projecting and stuff. And I was like, I need to kind of break this up. I'm going to start posting a daily laugh. One can want to entertain my mates, but also it entertains me. Like I, I just love, po- I love, I love getting the comments. Like some of my mates are really funny. They'll post ridiculous things. And for me, it just sets my day up in a nice way. I'm like, this is a, a nice start today. Something funny. Um, you know, we're living in a really, we're living in a very strange world at the moment. There's, there's conflict in multiple parts of the world. There's, um, you mentioned it when we were having a conversation about the cost of living crisis. It's very easy to be cynical and negative. Um, and that that actually feeds into what we do because we're dealing with people every day on our job. Um, and at a wedding day, you, you see all this combined into one day. So we get the best of, I feel like we get the best of things in some respects. So at wedding days, people are happy. Well, generally, if you're getting the right weddings, you know, yeah. people are really happy and having a nice time and you can put those joys aside. And I I don't take that for granted, but I realise that some people don't. They're, they're sat in and so sometimes their only um, their only interaction outside of their immediate surroundings is, is like social media. If it's always negative and there's nothing fun to see, then that really affects your mental health. And I know how important it is. So really, I just started doing it because I thought it'd be fun and I thought it might you know break up some of that negativity um and it's become a thing that we're literally i'll get people messaging me personally saying if i forget a day or i go on holiday for a few days they're messaging me going danny where's your meme 
Like, <laughs> what's going on? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine, man. I'm just having a break, you know? <laughs> yeah, so good. Do you have like a little bank built up then of loads or do you, like, where do you find all these things? Right, so this is actually true. I get in, usually, right, I've got like a, a little thing that I do after a wedding. Um, so if it's been a great wedding, I'll listen to Brian Adams' greatest hits on the way home. And then I'll get straight into the bath. My wife makes me a bath. And then I will sit in the bath just chilling and thinking about the day. And I'll go and try and I'll go in some dark places on the internet and try and find some <laughs> funny pictures. <laughs> That's exactly what I do, just to decompress. Uh, and then I'll, I save them all up and then, I, and then I'll like, right, I'll post one tomorrow. And I just, I'll look at them and I'll see whatever I feel like posting. <laughs> That's exactly what I do. So. Nice. Yeah. I mean, so I, I mean, yeah, I haven't got examples actually, but there's some, yeah, that's just very funny. So yeah, that's always interesting. Well, I appreciate that you like that. I appreciate that yeah, you like that. Yeah. But now I think, cause I always like, you know, we'll do like the laughing face or whatever. So then it's always the first thing that pops up on my Facebook now, because obviously I'm, I guess I interact with it every day or whatever. Like it's, yeah, yeah, so probably. now it's just always the first thing that pops up. So yeah. But, well, uh, yeah. then it makes you, it makes you smile because that's kind of the idea. Yeah. If, well, you, yeah. if you go in, if you go in in the morning, that's one of the things you see. It might just make you smile. That's that's kind of what I try to do. So. Yeah. No, I love it definitely. Yeah. So yeah, go and uh, go and check out Danny's Facebook if you want to see that. <laughs> it's very good. Let's just talk. Uh, so you mentioned the like the music photography and stuff. So like, um, I say my background's be, and it's not nowhere near like a level of uh, where you were at with it. Like I literally was really into music when I was in college, like end of like high school, college, whatever kind of. If um, anyone who's not from the UK is listening, like, but yeah, like 16 year old, you know, age, like 15, 16 years old onwards. I had like mates who played in bands. I played a little bit, but I was just, I wasn't very good particularly. Um, but yeah, so I was always hanging around. That's how I started shooting me. Cause I, I, st- I don't even know quite how, like, did someone give me a camera or I just bought one or I saw someone taking photos and I have to go. I can't even really remember now, but at some point I basically just started, yeah, taking photos with a camera essentially of like my mates bands and things like that. So yeah, that was, I did that before I did weddings and I never got into it in the point of like, you know, actually being a job or shooting for like Kerrang or anyone, obviously. But um, I did a few like small festivals and things like that. And um, yeah, I always really enjoyed it. I don't do any now really, partly time and family and all the rest of it. But you still shoot a bit of music stuff, right? I still, I've seen you post things. You go in somewhere early next year and things like that still. Oh, you're talking about Nam, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to Los Angeles next year to shoot Nam, um, which is this big, huge uh, yearly conference where all the big manufacturers of the musical instruments and stuff all come together. They have a big conference and then there's loads of periphery events. So there's loads of gigs, all of the endorsers, so the guitar, signature people, they all come along. It's absolutely exciting. I've been before in 2020. It was brilliant. Um, yeah, I'm going to begin there to, as a journalist, really, to shoot for Roxins, which is an online website here. But um yeah, the music thing's interesting. So um, it was music that really got me into photography, if I'm being honest. So when I was a kid, obviously, just like you, I was a music obsessive. Uh, my favourite band growing up was Smashing Pumpkins. They're still my favourite band now. Um, I got into a couple of punk bands when I was a kid. One of them got a little record deal. Um, we did a little EP. We did some band competitions and all that. Um, but what eventually happened was inevitably is uh, the band split up. There was too many egos, too many people had different ideas. And I had a big ego with the band. I took it really seriously. I I thought we were going to make it. I wasn't even, I didn't even doubt it, you know, and it, it never happened, you know. Um, and in hindsight, we would probably never really have a chance. But um, it, it is what it is. Uh, and then it, I went to university to do a film, film uh, production. And I had a really bad time with my mental health. So I'd have depression issues since I was 18. Went to university, I felt really isolated and I really struggled. So I came out and I didn't know what to do with my life. I was really a bit, you know. So I went to work for a couple of different companies, just doing normal office jobs and that. That didn't even work out. And then I kind of realised that what I needed to do was combine my two real passions. So music was a passion. And at this time, I developed a real interest in photography, not necessarily 
take photos but just images i love the images and, and imagery i'd work for a company uh called phone stars <laughs> uh, which was actually we used to do wireframing for do you remember those old mobile phone um you'd get a mobile phone and you'd you say you go to o2 and it take you to a home screen and then you could buy galleries you buy a wallpaper do you remember you actually had to pay for wallpapers yeah kind of yeah yeah i think there's other so magazines I, I, in, in the back you could like yeah you, like ringtones, you could text a number and you yeah, could that's get, right. get, get that wallpaper or a, the, so obviously did the same ringtone yeah, so i worked for a company that that did these galleries these wireframed um uh, image galleries for these for o2 and, and other things and i used to basically have to put together these galleries so i spent a lot of time looking at photos um and i used to put together all these galleries of music festivals so there'd be a festival coming up you had to put a festival together a gallery together and i just thought why don't i do this like, I, I i it looked good to me i was like i think i could do that and i realized it was um we had a lot of really good local bands at the time and it wasn't it wasn't like now where there was digital photography had only just started to become a thing so there wasn't loads of photographers at gigs. And I thought, I'm going to pull some favours in with some of the promoters I'd met when I was doing gigging and stuff, and I was a promoter myself. Um, and then I worked actually as a bit after that uh, as a music PR guy. So I worked for a company doing music PR. And then what actually happened was, is my boss, Peter, said to me, uh, you know, what we could do is one of our uh, selling points is that we could offer them photo shoots because all the bands we work with, we were doing press campaigns for three months, six months. They needed imagery, you know, constantly updating imagery either live stuff or promo shoots and stuff and he's like why don't you do it danny you could do photography because at this point i started shooting gigs locally just for fun just as an amateur um so that's how it started out but the real reason is and without trying to sound too you know i won't go into this in too much detail is that i was really trying to find what i call a natural antidepressant i'd come off my antidepressants i was a bit sick of the way they were making me feel i was in a bad place with my mental health and i thought i need something creative that i can throw myself into where i can only rely on myself i don't need like four band members to you know rely on to make so we can write a song i need something i could do for myself in my own time and i can throw myself at it and really that's how it started it was just uh, trying to find something as a natural antidepressant and it worked amazingly like I started shooting gigs. I enjoy it so much. I was so excited by that. I've always been excited by going to bands, see bands live. There's something about a gig, isn't there, that makes you just feel alive. Mm-hmm. And I and I was like, I need to document this and, and show people how I'm feeling. So that's what I did. And that's how the photography thing kicked off. Um, and then within a few, about a year of doing that, I'd been published in some magazines. I'd been asked by the Cambridge Corn Exchange to be their in-house photographer. Um, it just all kicked off. And I was like, wow, you know. But I still then, I still it was still just a hobby. Um, and then inevitably... Someone said, do you want to shoot my wedding? And I was like, no, <laughs> absolutely no, I do not want to. But then, yeah, that's kind of how it started. But yeah, it was really just to fight, de- to fight depression um, and, and trying to help me with my anxiety issues that I had at the time. And it, it was it was amazing. It was amazing. Now they create them, but that's a different story, isn't it? <laughs> it's gone full circle. Now yeah, all your stress is photography business related. But... Yeah, no, so it's gone full circle. But yeah, that's the, that's the real story of it. It was, it was that, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I really like. Uh, I don't know. I, I still think some sometimes when the kids are older and I can be away a bit more, like I'd I'd do it again. I'd like go on tour with a band. And, like it'll never happen because I've got no like portfolio now. I don't shoot anything. I've got no connections. There's no like you know or anything like that. So um, yeah, I don't think it would ever be a be a, a real thing now. But um, I still think that'd be that'd be amazing. Yeah, I actually. So I, I, when I was thirty, I'm forty two now. So it would have been just when I started my business. I got offered a. I got offered an amazing opportunity to go to London and work uh, for one of these magazines um, as one of their photographers, but the money wasn't great. I just turned 30 years old. 
Uh, and I remember thinking to myself, I've got to make a decision here because this is kind of everything I'd wanted. I, I, I would go and shoot for them a lot. I'd be doing three or four gigs a week, doing some in-house promo work for their interviews and stuff like that. But the money was not amazing. I would have really struggled to live in London um, in any kind of nice environment. And I, and I thought if I'd been offered that when I was, if I'd done this when I was 21, 22, I would have jumped to that. It would have been amazing. I wouldn't have cared. I could have rented a room in Camden, some dive. I would have loved it. It would have been brilliant. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I turned 30 and I was in a in my in my mind, I was like, no, this isn't really what I want now. Um, I need to do something serious. Like I need to do something. Uh, not that that's not serious, but mm-hmm. it it just it was going to be a struggle. Um, and also, I kind of I kind of I saw you know print media was on decline. We saw that. It's only a few years after this, actually, that, that, that most of the major magazines like Future Publishing and that started to lay off their full time photographers and that. So I don't think it would have lasted long. Um, and a lot of my music photography friends now are um, they're struggling to make make money doing it full time it's really hard now you know uh, and I just thought to myself um I'm not really up for this fight um I want to do something else I'd done a few weddings at this point and I thought um I need to change my mindset I want to do this like if I go back to I'll, I'll, I will always be music a music photographer I'll always, I I still shoot gigs now when I do stuff. I just do it on my own terms. Um, I've got a few outlets I can shoot for. I can contact. They contact me. Do you want to do this? Fantastic. Brilliant. It's still a hobby aspect. And I need that as well to keep that balance between getting too you know stressed about work and also the fact that photography is still my hobby as well. Um, so, so that's really good. But yeah, I made a decision that I was going to do weddings properly or events at least. So I launched Daniel Lackley Photography and I was like, let's, let's throw myself at it. Let's make it work. There's some real money in this. I think... Um, I think I can make this a sustainable business. And the idea really was just about to pay my rent. That was literally it. If I can make enough to pay my rent, I'm going to be happy. And then, of course, things have changed since then. But that's that's kind of how it started. But I've never given up music photography. I just don't do anywhere near as much of it as I used to because I just don't have the time. Yeah. yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? And obviously a lot of festival season falls on like wedding season and then they're like longer than ever now as well. Like festival, it seems like, especially yeah, if you're documenting my... a bit of it, you could be there for like a week. I know some of my favourite um, music experiences, photography-wise, were shooting, downloading Sonosphere festivals for um, for some magazines and stuff. They were they were incredible. Like, and you know, I, I often think this. It comes around in my heart. Get a little ping in my heart, like, oh, I wish I could go and do that mm-hmm. again. And often, you know, last few years I've been offered by, you know, I've been asked by some outlets, do you want to come and shoot for us? And I'm like, I've got two weddings that that weekend. But yeah. then I'm like, you know, I could earn, you know, four grand. Or go and shoot festival, you know. That's just the decisions you have to make. When you know, when you when in a business, your business has to come first. You know, um, yeah, it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but it's one of those things. Yeah, yeah. it's cool that you still do a little bit though, and like LA will be amazing, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, it's I'm good to have stuff like excited. that. Mega excited about that. Like those opportunities are fantastic, you know. And that's that's the legacy of where I got to with it that I can still do things like that. I can contact someone and they know my work and they know that I can do it. And they'll say, "Yeah, go for it," you know. So I can do that outside of my normal, you know, working life around weddings. Which you know, that's one of the downsides of our industry, isn't it? It kind of steals your social life. It steals a lot of opportunities um, that you might have in the summer to do things. Um, if you if you like music work, for example. Um, but that's, you know, that's the, the sacrifices you have to make if you want to make a business successful, you know, and I say sacrifice in the loosest term, cause it's, I love yeah. the job, I love what mm-hmm. I do. It's a first world problem, especially in current context, you know what I mean? But it, but, you know, just in the context of shooting weddings in this industry, there are certain things you have to accept, you know, and you know that yourself. So, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Oh, amazing. Uh, let's talk a bit about funky shirts for a minute, shall we? <laughs> I, always, I feel like I relate you to like a funky shirt and I think that, is that just do you have like do you have a lot of funky shirts or you just have like a few that you like rotate no, you know what as well? this is a completely new thing I, I, I'm not even joking this started in June 
I literally used to, I used to just wear black. Like I wanted to be neutral. I used to wear black. I used to feel comfortable in black. I had, I had like a uniform. My black, I've got black jeans, red DMs or or my Converse, and then a long sleeve black shirt. And I just float around. That's what I've always had. But I got, I've got to be honest. I've been having that uniform for like five or six years, and I just got bored of it one day. And I was like, this isn't really me. Like you know. So when I went to I went to Vegas in June with my wife on holiday and I found a couple I found a really nice I've always been really I, I hate I don't know about you but I hate buying clothes I, I I hate clothes shopping it just stresses me out I I literally I will try and go once a year for about twenty three minutes you know <laughs> I'll literally say, I've got a list of things I want I'll buy them and go and I'm done I'm not not interested you know I live and die in band t shirts most of the time but I was like I need to I need to I was also thinking about my branding like I'm um, about my business the way I represent my business when I'm out there um I wasn't trying to stand out. But I wanted to feel more like me, um, my personality. I'm a bit of an extrovert. I like to get involved. I like to chat to people. Um, and I just felt like this whole black thing wasn't me anymore. So I said to my wife, I was like, I just need to find a couple of nice shirts. Also as well, and this is crazy, because of, of last summer when it was so hot, it was, I was still wearing these long sleeve black shirts. I just, honestly, man, it was like a sweat fest. It was not <laughs> fun. And I'm like, it makes me feel uncomfortable, you know? So I was like, I need to get some light, short sleeve shirts. And I just found this uh, a couple of shirts in Vegas that I really like. But but what I did, I got a bit overexcited when I found them because I tried them on. And they really suited me and I liked them. So I bought six of them, <laughs> six different ones. And I was like, right, I'll wear them when I come back and see what happens. And then what I didn't expect to happen is that like, everyone started going crazy about my shirts. Like I go to a wedding and people would say, oh, I love your shirt, mate. Take a picture of me in my shirt. <laughs> um, it's just it's funny. I don't know how or why it's happened like that, but it is. And people like it. I feel like it represents my brand better as well. I think it kind of tells people a little bit about me. I'm kind of approachable, you know, I'm fun. Um, you know, people can come and chat to me. So from that point of view, I've noticed it's it's kind of helped with my work actually, because people are fun around me. They're like, ah, you know, I think they must assume I'm a little bit crazy. I don't know, but I'm not. <laughs> it's just, you know, it is what it is. So it's become a thing now. And now it's become like a bit of a trademark thing where it happened just yesterday's wedding. They they were like, Well, we're wondering what shirt you were gonna wear. And I was like, What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Have you, got, oh, yeah. have, you got, have you got to go back to Vegas to buy more now then? Or is there a UK supplier? Can you like... No, I've, I've, I've actually found then? some other shirts. Yeah, I've, I've just cool. bought myself a Star Wars one, actually, because I'm a bit of a geek. Nice. Um, I found myself a really cool Star Wars one. It's got miniature Millennium Falcon and X-Wing fighters on it all the way along it, like a pattern. Nice. So that's going to be a shirt that I'll bust out at some point. I think. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Oh, amazing, mate. Look, thank you so much for your time, Harry. Um, it's, it's gone fast. It's been, it's been yeah, really fun, though. Yeah, yeah but... Um, so I had loads of good stuff in there, mate. It's been really interesting. Like, great to see things going so well, and yeah, nice, it's just been just been really nice, mate. So I just I've got a couple of little things for um, members only stuff. So if you are, as always, if you are a photographer, keeping it your member, and you're using your link and, and all that, um, I've had a couple of people messaging me about it actually recently. So um, yeah, if you if you listen to this and you're a member and you don't listen to the members only content and you're not sure how to, there is a blog post about it. But um, but yeah, just message me and I'll I'll go through it all with you. But uh, but yeah, if you are listening to that, we'll uh, chat to Daniel just for a little bit more. But um, yeah, otherwise, just thanks so much, mate, for your time. And um, yeah, please go check out all of uh, Danny's work. I've linked, I'll link everything below, obviously. And um, yeah, just I mean, I, I know you've uh, played it down a little bit, but I, I think your work's great and your yeah, your branding and style and everything. And, and yeah, just it's it's always quite fun to flick through your website. So yeah, go and have a look at your socials and website and stuff. And um, yeah, any anywhere else anyone needs to go, mate, to see you or is that? Is that no, that's it. Yeah, my website is not up to date though. Cool. <laughs> I'm getting Same a brand as everyone. New built yeah. In a minute, yeah, I've not blogged since 2021. It's quite embarrassing, but I'm getting a brand new website built in a minute. Um, it's, I'm just getting ready to launch it. I mean, Instagram's totally up to date, and my Facebook's up to date and stuff. Yeah, all good. Cool. Yeah, and definitely go and check out your uh, your personal Facebook for all the funny, uh, <laughs> all your daily laughs. And, uh... <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Thanks, mate. <laughs> no worries. Catch you soon. Cheers, buddy.
Thanks for listening to the podcast show. We hope that you did on top and go. Oh, halfway through the episode. We hope that you'll join us next time. That would be mighty fine. We love you. Bye-bye.